1: Well, the Blues kick off their season tomorrow night against the Dallas Stars. Alongside Tanner Hendrickson and Bradford Bruns, I'm Alex Ferrario. Plenty of excitement and more curiosity for this Blues team. And frankly, the NHL uh, starting up the regular season, which kicked off last night. And to talk a little bit more about it, one of my favorites, he is the managing editor and senior writer over at Daily Faceoff. He is Matt Larkin. Matt, it's great to catch up with you, buddy. Are you happy? Hockey's finally back.
0: Alex, it's great to be back, my friend, on the show. And yes, I'm very happy. I feel like this is one of the more hyped seasons in a while. So it feels like it's been a long time coming. I've been waiting with bated breath.
1: Yeah, uh, we have in St. Louis as well. And of course, we'll stick blue centric and then kind of go a little wide picture towards the end of this map. But I I feel like the anticipation for the season is there for blues fans, not so much in terms of excitement, but more so of just unsure of what this team truly is. Do you feel like you know what the blues are going into this season?
0: I don't think so. I think uncertain is a very fair description. Um, and if you remember when I came on the show a year ago, I made this sort of a disappointing projection that they were going to be the bust team of the year because they were a poor defensive team. I still worry that they are a poor defensive team. I think they have a nice deep forward group. Old tending is a real question mark that could really determine whether they are a contender in the central again or not. But I think they're one of the toughest teams to forecast. I agree.
2: Matt, do you think they're going to have to be kind of like they were two years ago? The team that's just, if they're going to be winning and they're going to get themselves back into the playoff conversation, they're going to have to outscore their defensive problems?
0: I think so, yes. And to me, that's the big the big question to answer. So if you look at what they've done on the blue line, it really – looks very similar to what we've seen in the last couple seasons at forward. I just, I really do like the depth of this group. And of course adding, adding Kevin Hayes to that group up the middle really solidifies it. Even getting Yakov Vrana late last year, bring it back. Sammy Blay, It's a deep group. But the thing is, what's the ceiling of this group? You get great production from McNevich and Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, but these aren't 100 point scorers, right? So can the blues be good enough offensively to offset the struggles defensively, I'm not sure, and that's why I go back to the goaltending. A couple of years ago, another thing that was characteristic of the team was Billy Huso stepping up, outplaying Jordan Bennington, taking the job for a significant part of that season. And I'm wondering the same about Joel Holfer Can he and usurp Jordan Bennington, and that could be something that determines the Blue
1: State. Uh, you know, a lot of us in St. Louis, Matt, we, we saw Bennington last year and look, the numbers did not look good. I mean, what was it? An 894 save percentage. Very concerning if you're hoping for this guy to be like what he was in the past. But a lot of those games, it was just terrible defense in front of him. Is there something you need to see from Bennington this year, Matt, that gives you the, I guess, hope that he can get back to what he once was? Or if it's an underwhelming season, it just might be done for Bennington.
0: I think there are a lot of things you need to see from Jordan Bennington just to be blatantly critical. I think he's someone, if you look at his numbers, just the numbers alone, they've declined every single season consistently since that amazing 2018-19 season. So what you need to see from Bennington in terms of numbers is consistency month to month because we know when he's hot, he runs really hot, and when he's cold, it's pretty disastrous. So I think you need to see consistency, and what connects to that as well is Can he get his head on straight? We know he's become sort of known for in-game meltdowns. Can he be a goaltender who keeps his composure? I have to admit, I've grown pretty skeptical because it seems like every year he's running into the same problems. And if I'm a Blues fan wondering where to place my chips, I'm honestly looking at the backup goaltender position and wondering if Holtzware can be the guy. Because I don't think at this point Bennington is. It's not like the sample size is tiny anymore. We've seen year after year of decline in his case.
2: Matt, when, when we're talking about the St. Louis Blues, one thing that I continue to see pop up now that we're getting close to the season is Craig Bruby's name being a top of the list or second on most lists as being a coach that's on the hot seat. Do you, do you think that Craig Bruby could be on the hot seat this season if things don't get turned around?
0: I think he would be ranking relatively hot just because the Blues are a team that I, I don't think they characterize themselves as rebuilders, even though, of course, they sold off some pieces last year. but. I think this is a group that still kept a lot of its pieces together, even just trading for Kevin Hayes at all. That shows this is a team that doesn't think it's going in the toilet. I think that Doug Armstrong still believes this group can contend. And based on that, there should be still a certain degree of expectation that this team can get back in the hunt. And when you have set the standard of winning a Stanley Cup only four years ago, then yes, if you fall short of that standard, especially after what happened last year, I do think generally the sword tends to fall or the coach tends to fall on the sword before the GM, so that would be sort of the natural, the circle of life, if you will. Not necessarily that it would be deserved. I would argue that Brubé hasn't necessarily had the right pieces on the chessboard defensively, but just we know that's how it works, right? The coach goes first, and if that doesn't work, then it's the GM.
1: We're talking with Matt Larkin, one of my favorite hockey writers for the daily Faceoff. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at MLarkinHockey. So, so, Matt, we do use the phrase retool for the Blues an awful lot going into this because that's what Doug Armstrong categorized it. You've seen retools. You've seen rebuilds. If they fall out of a playoff spot or if they're in a top 10 draft pick, the draft lottery conversation this upcoming offseason, does that change from a retool to a rebuild or do you view, still view them as a retool team?
0: I think I still view them as a retool team just simply because of the money they have committed to so many players long term and some young players, right? So if you have Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas signed long term, you're not going to be capable of bottoming out your team's still going to be too competitive to be truly terrible. And of course you have Braden Shen. He's got five years left on his deal. And I think even in the, in the defense core, I know that so far Colton Preco hasn't lived up to that contract, but he still has so many years left on that deal. So does Torrey Krug. so does, so does Dustin Fultz. So if you look at the veteran pieces in this lineup, they're not exactly tradable assets because there's so much term left. So in my mind, you're sort of stuck with what you have. I don't even want to say stuck because these are still good players, but they're not necessarily elite players. Either way, just because there's so much term on so many veteran contracts, it's just not a roster that's built to be torn apart at the moment.
2: Matt, you had mentioned earlier, and you said it again there, not elite players, good players, and kind of have more of a pack mentality again this year for the Blues and their depth. Do you almost need a superstar To win in today's NHL? Because the Blues, I I don't think they have that guy yet. The hope is that Thomas or Cairo takes that next step this year and gets to that level. Do they need a superstar to win in the modern NHL?
0: I don't think you absolutely need one. I think the Vegas Golden Knights proved that last year. I would say that was a team that didn't have a true superstar. They were just an extremely deep team, really disciplined defensive team, a tough team, so it can be done. And I think you could still argue the 2019 Blues, that team had some great players. Obviously, Ryan O'Reilly had the year of his life, but I don't think they had a true superstar in that team as well. So it can be done. I think more commonly, yes, if you look at the Lightning and the Avalanche in between those years, They obviously had a lot of superstars. Your odds are higher if you have one or two, but I don't think it's a necessity. The thing is, if you're a team that sort of wins by committee, it's got to be a team that's good on the defensive side of the puck as well. Because as we said, if you don't have the superstar, you can't really outscore your troubles.
1: Got a couple more minutes with Matt Larkin of the Daily Faceoff here with us on BK and Ferrario. So, Matt, when it, when it comes to the playoff picture this year, it, Doug talked earlier today with the media saying, like, you know, the goal for this team is to get the third place in the Central. That's a tough task because Minnesota had 103 points last year and still has Kirill Kaprizov and a lot of superstar caliber players. But how do you see the the Central Division falling for the Blues this year?
0: I think the central division is undergoing changing of the guard right now. And for the first time, in I don't know how many years when I made my predictions for the season playoff teams, I actually have five teams in the Pacific division. I only have three teams making the playoffs in the central. I think Dallas and Colorado are obvious, but I think you're right. I think Minnesota is the potential weak spot and there is an opportunity to catch them because the wild, of course, They've got more than $14 million in dead cap space with the buyouts of Zach Frise Ryan Souter. So they really were not able to add much to that roster. And it's a roster that is solid, but it's a relatively middling group. I don't think the Minnesota Wild are going to be contending for a president's trophy anytime soon. So if there's a team you can sort of beat out for that three spot, I think that's, that's going to be the one. Obviously, it's not going to be Colorado or Dallas. And if you look at the rest of the division, obviously Chicago is just getting started, rebuilt. The Coyotes are a lot better, but they still have a long way to go. The Jets are a team that lost some major pieces as well. Nashville, I think that's a lost franchise at the moment. They gave away some big pieces, then signed some more. I think they don't know what direction they're going in. So in terms of the depth, I think the Blues are with that group. If you look at it, let's say with Nashville, Winnipeg, I think in that middle group in the division, and it's possible that someone catches the Minnesota Wild, especially if, for example, they had an injury to a Kirill Kaprizov, one of their important players, yes, it's not inconceivable.
1: Matt, you're always my favorite, man. I love covering the hockey work that you do over at the Daily Faceoff. People could do that. They could follow you on Twitter at MLarkinHockey. Always appreciate the stuff, my man. and Hopefully, we'll be talking positive about the Blues in the next couple of months rather than negative.
0: Thanks so much. It's going to be an interesting season. Real wild card.